Hello, and welcome to The Desk, a podcast where we explore the futures of the people who have made the Daily Californian what it is. I'm Carissa, your host for this episode, and this week I had the pleasure of speaking with Deanne Chen, current partner marketing manager for campaigns at Google Cloud, formerly AdRoll, Flipboard, and Arts of Entertainment at The Daily Cal. So excited to have you here with us. Enjoy the show. Hi, Deanne. Welcome on. We're so honored to have you as our very first guest on the desk. So I would love if you could just um, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Where is home for you now? Um, When did you graduate from Berkeley and what did you major in? Yeah, so my name is Deanne Chen. Uh, I currently live in Oakland, California, um, and I'm originally from San Jose. So I've I've been around the Bay Area my whole life actually. I have I have never left it. Uh surprisingly. Um yeah, so I, I went to Cal um and grad for undergrad and graduated back in 2012. And since then I've just been working in the Bay. And it's really hard to leave here if you work in tech because a lot of the tech jobs are here. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I just, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday and they were talking about how hard it is for, you know, East Coast Ivy Leaguers to get tech jobs in the Bay Area because why would anyone ever pay for their relocation when they could just hire out of Berkeley and Stanford? It would be awesome to also hear about how you got started at the Daily Cal, your origin uh, with us and what you did for the Daily Cal and um, if there's anything that you use from your time at the Daily Cal in your work today. I doubled in English literature and rhetoric um, and I chose that simply because I really loved taking classes from both of these departments. (laughs) Um, So I just really love reading and writing and at the time like critical analysis and I got I never had plans to be a journalist or participate in journalism when I first started at Cal my main student activities were um theater rice file for delta pre-law fraternity and um and yeah, I, I was doing those two things and I didn't have plans to try student journalism, but through meeting other people, both through the pre-law fraternity, um, there was someone named Jesse Sang who was really big in the design desk uh, at the Daily Cal. And um, my my roommate at the t- time, um, Catherine Maslin, who also worked as a designer at the Daily Cal, um, just told me more about it. And I, I've been to kind of some of the social hangouts for the Daily Cal. And I just really liked everyone I met there. Like it it really was like a lot of like-minded folks, um, young people who really cared about world affairs, were really well-read. And obviously as someone whose entire study <laughs> was to be well-read and like discuss cultural things, I was like, oh, I should really give this Daily Cal thing a try. If everyone that I enjoy hanging out with is doing it, then I should I should try it out. So I think my friend, my roommate, Catherine, um, got me into just testing things out and getting out of my comfort zone with, um, because there was like kind of an open cartooning position. <laughs> so I babysat my way in. I first, I started by drawing 
And then it wasn't until later on that I um, joined the arts uh, department to do some, to do actual like writing of articles and criticism. And that's when I uh, started working as like a theater critic um, for the Daily Cal as well. Um, and yeah, so that got decided mainly because they just needed someone. <laughs> to do theater reviews and I was the only person who I think was interested which sounds really sad um, but it was actually awesome because I got free tickets to the Berkeley rep and and see specific shows for it so that was really nice absolutely well we are really really interested in your pivot from you know this intensive English rhetoric pre-law undergrad career into tech marketing um like, wow, I'd love if you could talk a little bit more about that and how that came about, how you got into tech and um, why you stayed so long. Yeah, so I think at the time as a student um, at Cal, I thought I really wanted to go to law school and I didn't really have a very specific idea of why aside from like, oh, if my skills are in reading and writing. <laughs> Um, then surely the only way I could properly make money <laughs> is by becoming a lawyer. And it also helped that I did care a lot about and still care a lot about world affairs and was very, I was always very well read on the news, um, very, very interested in um, political action and, and, um, eventually interested in activism, although I never participated in activism as a student, um, in, in a big way, at least. But I was very interested in government and civics things. So it just really seemed like law school generally would be the right way to go, because like all those things kind of light up like, oh, if you have a law degree, then you could have some kind of career it, path here. Um, it allowed me um, to... However, um, really make friends with people totally who were also thinking about whether or not they wanted to go to law school um, and also meet lawyers. So I think through that journey, I was able to like meet lawyers, kind of shadow people and see kind of what their day to day work was like and actually talk to people. And really what I got <laughs> out of it was that I do not want to become a lawyer like <laughs> Law school is only a good path if you specifically can't see yourself doing anything else and that you like the practice of law specifically. That does not mean you should go to law school because you're interested in world affairs or civic matters, because there's actually other ways to engage with that. Um, it also does not mean that you should go to law school for the money, because there's also plenty of other ways to make money. Like it is for if you specifically like practicing the law and it gets you excited. So um, after figuring that out, it just kind of really took a turn. And I, I actually just didn't know what to do um, because I had picked the majors that I did because I thought I wanted to go to law school focused really hard on getting a good GPA because I thought I wanted to go to law school. And then I think in senior year, I was like, this is really not going to work out. So um, what I ended up doing instead was, I don't know, I just, it felt like I didn't have a plan. So I ended up just picking a random internship at a startup and um, just 
becoming like a social media and support ticket intern. <laughs> so really like started from the bottom of the ladder. And, and honestly, I didn't even know if I had a future in tech because I didn't go to hospice. Like I didn't get a business degree. I didn't get an economics degree. Um, you know, on the surface, nothing I learned had to do with business or entrepreneurship or tech at all. So I, I kind of was just like, let me just go learn something and I'll just live at home with my parents. <laughs> Cause luckily they live in the Bay area. I'll save some money. And even if I make very little money, at least I'm not losing money. So let's just see where this goes. Um, so that's how I got my first internship. Yeah. I just, I would say like, I got into it because there are a lot of tech openings here. There are a lot of startups and internship openings. And I think it's good to just try something out. And sometimes you get lucky, like sometimes internships are not very helpful, of, but no matter what, even if they're not very helpful for you or your learning or your growth, you should be meeting people, talking to people and, and kind of seeing what that field is about, even if the role is not promising or if the company is not promising, hopefully you'll meet some people who are going places and you can find out um, kind of how they think and, and things like that. Yeah, so I think you mentioned kind of how I, how I was a White House intern. And so I think like alongside wanting to go to law school, um, I um, ended up applying for the White House internship out of the blue. I almost didn't apply actually, because I thought it would be too hard to get. And um, I could not be more wrong because I feel like a lot of people don't apply because they think it's too hard to get. <laughs> And I was an intern back when Obama was president, right? So I think there was a lot of interest in um, people working at the White House um, at the time. Obviously, not in recent years uh, before the Biden administration. So, um, yeah, I, I applied only because um, someone who I knew through the pre-law fraternity had done it before. And I was like, well, if Lily can get this internship and says that I should give it a try, then I should give it a try. So I applied and to my surprise, I got an interview. And then to my surprise after that, I totally got in. Um, so I think that's a lesson for like, if you see an internship um, or a job that you think you're not going to get, you should still apply because you, you just never know. Um, and again, at the time, wanting to go to law school, also want like thinking about whether or not I should be working in government. Um, I I thought this was the perfect opportunity for me um, to really just be in Washington D.C. and get the experience there and see if like maybe that's that's a career path I or a city that I want to move to after college. And while I enjoyed it. And um, interning at the White House is kind of similar to like, I don't know, if you're working in Hollywood as a page and you see a bunch of celebrities, it's similar to that. Um, I think someone, someone in, someone in DC joked and said that like the working on the Hill or in the White House is like working in Hollywood for <laughs> ugly people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember escorting Elizabeth Warren and that was like a highlight because she's she's amazing. Um, and I had a very weird conversation with her in the elevator about like suit pockets. She couldn't get her jacket pockets open 
and it was because they were so shut because it's a new jacket and she like couldn't she couldn't figure that out she was like why why would anyone sew up the pockets <laughs> which is like a very feminist thing to say um but i was trying to explain to her i was like it's because it's because like they want they want it to be straight like the suit to be straight for you <laughs> anyway i was just like i can't i can't believe i'm having this very 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 mundane like small talk with Elizabeth Warren in the elevator. Like, it was so strange and, and amazing. But honestly, like, after spending a summer there, like, I knew it was not for me. Like, I, and, and it really, it really says something because you're meeting all these, like, you're meeting all these political celebrities or like important people or influential people. But um, I just felt like everything moved really slowly. And I felt like nothing I worked on really mattered. And that's because the nature of like civic engagement and civic affairs is that you do move slowly. Like everything, if you're doing things that are at the national, like federal level, um, it's a lot of positioning and messaging and saying the right things and having the right statement after something happens and hosting like, hosting political figures but like it really just felt like um a lot of it was just like kind of like okay you're working on the national stage but it didn't feel like there was any real change happening and it also felt like nothing I worked on specifically imp amounted to anything um big that I felt like my soul was being crushed <laughs> like I think and and that's when you th that's why you try things and Obviously, someone who has that same experience um, probably would not have walked out of the role with the same thing. Like I, you know, when you when you take on an internship or you push yourself out of your comfort zone, you learn something new about yourself. And for me specifically, I learned that if I'm going to put in work and effort, because I'm always going to have attention to detail and work really hard to achieve something, I need to be able to see the impact of my work. Like, what are the results? What What's changed that I can see now that I've put in the time and the effort? And um, for someone to be in government, you, you really don't see that unless it's long-term. And, um, and in fact, I would argue at the government level, you really don't see it because your job is to really get something out of contributing at the larger level. Yeah, for me, I, I did not like that I could work as hard as I could and not have anything come out of it. And that's when I knew I just like was not suit. I, I, my personality type and like kind of what motivates me at work is not suitable um, for government or civic things. You know, and on the flip side, like when I was interning at this like startup like I felt like I was building things and um no processes existed and I had to document them or I had to create them and you really feel like you're part of a team and that you're all working to build something together and in a few months time you actually do see the fruits of your labor so um, that's how I kind of got hooked on working in tech is just being able to um, again like 
feel like you're having an impact in the way that you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love if you could walk all of us through your creative process in your role right now. I wonder about kind of the marriage of your creative skill set with what you're saying about, you know, how do you drive results with, you know, data analysis, strategy, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think, yeah, and there's a lot of ways marketing can go. So um, I think part of the journey, and at this point, you know, I spent all of my 20s in startups and only towards my late 20s did I start working at Google. So it does take a long time to, if unless you're, unless you're in management consulting or you go and get a business degree, it's it's almost impossible to get a marketing job at a large tech company, um, unfortunately. Uh, but I think like a lot of that journey is actually figuring out what kind of marketing you want to do. And arguably the most creative type of marketing is like brand marketing, right? That's, that's what the reputation is for. Um, but I ended up doing B2B marketing and specifically focusing on content and campaigns um, because I do think there are actually very good parallels um, with kind of what I learned at Cal and the skills I picked up there. Because um, like what they don't tell you is that anyone can actually learn business principles and how to be entrepreneurial at a role like you don't you don't actually need a pause business degree or or to be even a business major at Cal to learn those things these are actually things you learn on the job and um, I mean certainly getting a degree in those things would help you have the language for um, business things and that's why those people get a leg up but you really don't need to go to school like it's different from say being an eeks major <laughs> um because yeah like you're you need to have an eeks degree like a business degree i would say is not something you need to have because you can learn it like it'll speed you up by 3 to 4 years but i don't think you need it um but yeah i landed in b2b marketing and 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 content marketing and campaigns specifically because um, I found out that in this specific part of the industry, um, there actually is uh, not a lot of good storytelling. And um, like if if you're a good storyteller and you understand messaging and positioning and how to um, really get the right, like really speak the customer's language, um, you, you're actually going to excel really well in B2B marketing. And I, I think that gets glossed over a lot um, because B2B marketing often is actually very operations focused. You do have to be analytical. You do have to be quantitative because everything is about like how much money you're going to make um, down the line. How do you win this account? Um, how much money are you spending on the campaigns? Like there certainly is an analytical practice to it. But um, on the strategy side, you know, aside from the analytical process, which again, I think you can learn, um, I think they're really, you do need to have an acumen for um, like, and having good judgment around the story and the messaging and 
given the resources you have, like what can you pull together? Um, so I actually found that a lot of my skill set around narratives and um, and and putting reasonably putting together campaign content that works well for an audiences and and having good judgment there um, is actually very important and not something that can necessarily be taught. Um, so so that's where I think the creative creativity comes in, but I I don't actually think. Um, what I do is necessarily the most creative kind of marketing, but I do think that it's an area where a creative skill set, if you also have and understand like the operations and the quantitative things, um, can actually be a really strong differentiator um, and help you lead as opposed to execute. Um, but I picked B2B marketing and I didn't go into brand marketing. Um, because I liked that B2B marketing can be measured. Again, you can kind of hear a common theme is I'm like, what what are the results? What is the impact? Like, so in, in some ways, B2B marketing ended up being a, a good fit for me. Um, but it is kind of crazy to think about how I got here because it's not something I set out to do. And in fact, and, and I think when I was a Cal student, I had far loftier goals. <laughs> Uh, and, and here we are, and it's, it's really changed, but at least I've landed a career that I am comfortable with that I think I excel at, and I think is like a really good fit for how I want to live my life. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I love, um, hearing about kind of practical creativity or practical artistry, even, um, in roles that may not seem to be the most creative on, on the outset, but it would be great if you wanted to talk about kind of your day-to-day, -day, um, what your role looks like. And yeah, I, I would love to hear about your own work-life balance. So I think in marketing in particular, there's a lot of meetings and same is true, especially true in sales. Um, and it's just unfortunate, but I would say the day-to-day -day is Again, like meetings with different stakeholders, different check-ins, but also setting aside like work time to focus on all the different project areas. And that can really range um, as a marketing manager that's dealing with campaigns that can range from like project management. So I have trackers, I'm like keeping track of like how things are going. Um, so I have that in time for my next check-in with the agency. Um, I'm doing reporting work a lot, so I'm going into dashboards, I'm putting together slides to like, so I can show stakeholders like what the reporting looks like. Um, and then another chunk of time is spent on um, relief, like, uh, well, not enough time is spent on this, but the most fun chunk of time is spent on strategy. Like, how can I, what's the business problem? What's the objective? Um, what are all the sources of information that we know or we don't know? And then what are, what are the deliverables there that we do need to flesh that out? And then once we actually get the strategy and that could be, uh, that could show up, usually shows up in some kind of deck that I build out, um, you know, then you're actually putting together the deliverables, recognizing who your stakeholders are, who, which teams should you be working with, um, figuring out how do you work with other teams and how much responsibility do they have? Like, how do you all work together? 
to actually achieve this in an organized manner. Um, I think a lot of time is just spent on that. And I think this is a pretty good, accurate picture of what it's like to work at a large corporation is like a lot of these like details. Um, and it's this is like very different from back when I worked at a startup where I feel like things it's similar, but the difference is it's a lot scrappier. So if something's going to take three weeks, we just won't do it. <laughs> um, or try to like try to do a try to do a shortcut instead or like be like, OK, by next week, can I interview these customers instead of like, OK, here's my three month plan of interviewing customers, you know. So the time, the timeline and the resourcing is just very different. Got it. I see. I was wondering if there are any other skills that you think excellent um, marketing managers, uh, you know, paragons of, of marketing, these people need to have um, things that you've learned along the way, just advice for people wanting to get into tech marketing. Yeah, I think, I think really like a lot of the fundamentals <laughs> Um, I think successful marketers are really good at keeping the the main insight in mind as they construct their project or their campaign, et cetera, is like of the customer or in my case, uh, business partners, because I work in partner marketing. But no matter what, like of your direct audience, um, what's the actual insight you know about them or that you know they care about? And that's really the backbone of any kind of marketing <laughs> is just making sure you have a good grasp of that. And that's un what's underlying your entire project or campaign, because otherwise it all falls apart, right? So um, I think good marketers keep that in mind and have that in the forefront, as opposed to like really getting lost in the details of projects, of stakeholders, of, of things to do. Um, I think examples of bad marketing that I've seen is people just like checking the list and being like, okay, here are these creatives. Here is some messaging. Now I'm delivering them into these channels and I'm like, okay, let's look, let's take a step back and look at like, is this story even interesting? Is it even compelling? Like, what's the actual, what's the actual like thing you're trying to change people's minds about? Um, um, so I think good, good marketers, I think really try to keep that in mind, but um, and I think that's the strategy piece of marketing. Um, but you also need to be good at execution. I'm just saying there's plenty of good execution. You should just also keep in mind, like, <laughs> like have a very high standard for what that customer insight is. Um, as far as what's, what's served me well, um, I think what has surprised me is um, in, in any role, like your relational your relational skill is actually just as important as your intellect. And what I mean by that is um, really having good EQ or emotional intelligence. And I think nowhere is that more clear um, during the pandemic when we all are experiencing something very traumatic and unforeseen and horrible and awful, um, where I think, um, emotional intelligence and displaying empathy um, really matters more than whatever XYZ project you're trying to get done. And um, 
I think I'm just surprised by how far it can go to just ask people about their day. And even if you spend half of your meeting just catching up, because that's that might no that might not be an option for you in the office where you're not just gonna like run into people and have small talk, but like um taking a couple extra minutes um out of your meetings with people to like ask them how they truly are doing can actually go very far in making sure that you're not <laughs> making the day a lot less pain a lot less painful <laughs> and um and 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 more more feeling like you're you're seen as a human as opposed to someone who is just putting out output that being said i do think that the pandemic has really changed my mind and a lot of people where there's this trend of people finally understanding that the workplace truly is transactional like it is not a place for you to maybe build your social life around or like replace um you know how the amount of time we spent commuting to work doing work socializing with coworkers, and then coming back home is like gone like those days are gone in my opinion like we we now live in a world where like people really see the value of not needing to do that because you get to have other choices in life outside of the institution that's work where you can actually get a lot of value um socially emotionally um but anyway i do think that the level of empathy um that i i display now and what i prefer to see from other people um in the workplace now goes very very far away uh, far along and i do really enjoy how much the conversation has opened up around mental wellness and health at work um so people can more openly talk about if you're not doing well like what's going on or it's like no longer weird to say that you're not doing well um so and i i think that's that's been really important yeah, that's great. I, I appreciate your um, emphasis on rehumanizing um, tech jobs and, and uh, you know, marketing, but but keeping in mind that the workplace is, you know, exactly what it sounds like, a place to work. I would love to hear your opinion on where you think tech marketing is going in the future. Um, if you have any projects you're working on right now that feel particularly um, progressive or important, um, that kind of signal something fresh and new and coming up on the horizon? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's always a good question. I think overall, like, I think the big trend I'm seeing is that we are, we are still living in a digital world. <laughs> um, so I think, I think a lot of the changes I foresee are still around, um, you know, digital experiences as opposed to in-person experiences. And I think for a long time, we've talked about hybrid and we've talked about going back to in-person someday, but I think more and more so it's clear that like, we're looking at a future that's going to be different altogether and probably more focused on the digital side um, so that's how I feel about the workplace, but I think it's the same is true for consumers um, and marketing as well, is um, online shopping will still very much be a thing and online experiences, et cetera. 
So, um, yeah, no, no major thoughts um, without getting to, because I think anything more specific would get really far into the weeds about ads. But um, I think overall, like, I'm, I'm, I think consumer behavior patterns and organizational workplace patterns. And the reason why I'm still talking about work is because I work at Google Cloud, which, you know, it does B2B marketing. So there it's any any host of the, our, our products that we and solutions that we sell um, have to do with the workplace as well, because you're selling into organizations and providing business services. But um, I just see that the future is still, um, you know, I think a lot of virtual collaboration and um, I just see that more as more as the future. And I, I feel like we say hybrid, but I'm like, what does that mean exactly? And I think actually it is some form of hybrid, but it's going to be mostly virtual <laughs> and mostly online, in my opinion. Um, so I think that's my that's my hot take. <laughs> that's my hot take. And I think everyone has a different opinion on it as well. Sure. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Desk. Sending gratitude to our producers at the Daily Californian Multimedia Department and to our home team, the Design Department. We'll catch you next time.